Hey out there, this is Heather Vickery, and you've tuned in to the Brave Files podcast. Y'all, I am so excited to share this fun and funny interview with you. It's lighthearted, but with a big message. My guest, Dave Jackson, takes us on his journey of bravery via everyday life experiences. You know, like working at a grocery store or riding in a hot air balloon when you are terrified of heights. Okay, I get that riding in a hot air balloon isn't an everyday life experience for many people, but being afraid of heights sure is. The key, Dave says, is stepping out of your comfort zone and saying yes to more things. Dave says, and we agree, choosing bravery is winning, and winning is gratifying, and also it's super contagious. This episode is full of inspirational nuggets, but here are a few of my favorites. We're always saying yes to something and no to something at the very same time. The question is, what are you trying to prioritize? And be the person you want to be now. If you act the way you want to be, someday you will be the way you act. And last but not least, and there are so many more in the episode, so make sure to tune in all the way to the end. Make a goal that's slightly bigger than you can achieve, and you might just surprise yourself. So stick with us. This is such a fun conversation. I'm really excited to share it with you, and I look forward to hearing how you're choosing bravely. So be sure to give us a call and let me know what you think. I can be reached at 312-646-0205. Let us know how you're choosing bravely and what you think of this episode with Dave Jackson. Now here's the show. Creative, helpful, and geeky. This is Heather Vickery, and you're listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. When we choose bravely in big and small ways, it powerfully elevates our lives. I hope these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement of courageous living that enriches both our lives and our communities. And if you enjoy the show, I ask you to please share it with others. Maybe think of someone who you want to choose bravely right alongside you. Thanks for tuning in. Now here's the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of the Brave Files podcast. This is your host, Heather Vickery. And I'm wondering how many of you listening today have some basic primal fear that's kept you from trying new things. For me personally, I've never been athletic. And when I was in high school, we had a tumbling portion of PE. And I had this horrifying fear that if I did a somersault, my neck would break. And there was no way, there was no way I was going to do that somersault. And because stubborn is in my blood, which is not always a good thing, I flat out refused. And I took an F in that part of the class. Since then, I've really worked on not just refusing things, but that that does run deep in my blood. Well, today's guest is a super cool guy. He's the founder of the School of Podcasting. He was even inducted into the Podcasting Hall of Fame, which I didn't know was even a thing. But that's not what we're here to talk about. 
We are here to talk to Dave Jackson about embracing something that was absolutely terrifying to him, how that feels and what it's like to have pushed through on that fear. So I'm going to let him tell you what it is. But Dave, welcome to The Brave Files. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this. This is fun. I think this is different than most of the interviews you do. Yeah, absolutely. And you get asked to do a lot of of interviews because you're a cool dude in the School of Podcasting and the Hall of Fame stuff, right? People are like chomping at the bit to get you on their show. On on occasion, I will have people that will want me to come talk. Yeah, I just got (laughs) just went to Boston last week. That was interesting because it was a room full of speakers, which is kind of like writing an email to Grammar Girl. (laughs) Absolutely. Like, like, oh, this should be fun. So absolutely, I'll bet it went really well though. It actually did go really well. So that was the good thing. But but I could see some fear in that. Like, yeah, when you're preaching to the choir, um, you got to you got to really embrace that brave a little bit. So will you share with our listeners what your your primal fear is or was? I don't know if it still is. And then what you did about it. Well, if we go back to are we talking like when I'm 16, that story? Yeah. Okay, good. When I was uh, 16, I had uh, left my my awesome career as a paperboy and gone to work in a grocery <laughs> store. And uh, <laughs> and I got fired. And the reason I got fired is because I was deadly afraid to talk to anyone, really. I was beyond shy. And the uh, the manager called me in and he said, you know, you're, you know, how hard is it to, you know, get carts and pack groceries? He's like, but we need you to like talk to the customers and be friendly. And he goes, you're just, you're just beyond like shy. And he goes, so, you know, we wish you the best, but you're out of here. And I was like, I didn't even know that was like an option. I was like, wait, I can get fired. I was like, okay. And so I had got the job through high school, which at the time they, it was some sort of business kind of class, yeah. but really what it was, it was the get a job at a grocery store class. So <laughs> I, I, <laughs> okay, because it was funny after uh, I went back and the teacher got me another job working in a different grocery store. Oh, but, well, there you go. Okay. Yeah, but the uh, the teacher pulled me aside and said, hey, I, I heard about what happened. And I'm like, yeah. And uh, he goes, you need to be more like your buddy Scott. Well, my buddy Scott was like the class clown. would just walk into a classroom like, what's up, people? Hey, you know, and just really <laughs> outgoing kind of guy. And it was like telling me what you need to do is grow a third arm. I'm like, mm, don't think that's going to happen. And so he goes, well, here's what I want you to do. He goes, uh, if you if you act the way you want to be, someday you will be the way you act, which we now affectionately refer to as fake it till you make it. Yeah, it's, and, it's true. Yeah. And, and I was like, uh, OK, I'll give that a shot. So I just pretended that I was outgoing for a little bit and just, you know, kind of put my toe in the water and was like, oh, OK. And uh, then I actually found in some ways I could actually make people giggle or laugh. And I went, oh, that's kind of fun. And about that time, they threw me into a speech class. And that, again, is where I found out that you didn't have to do like just your typical. Here's how today we're going to learn how to whatever, fold a paper bag. Uh, it was like I could actually make funny stuff. And yeah. so for me. Uh, speech class was like, oh, wow, we get to do monologues. This is like, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day, Johnny Carson's going to come out and talk for three minutes. I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah, I could do this. So it it slowly got me out of my, you know, comfort zone. But if if you had told 16-year-old Dave Jackson that he would make a living, you know, for, for decades standing up in front of a group of people talking, he would have been like, mm, I don't think so. You do. And you, you are podcasting radio. Now, we not, there's a difference between podcasting and radio. We actually joked about that. You have this fantastic 
voice, but it's not what you envision a radio voice being. It's um, I just this is I guess I'm lucky. This is just the way I sound because to is. me I always pictured the obnoxious. You know, hey everybody, traffic and weather on the tens. It's time for the <laughs> two for Tuesday kind of guy. Which clearly you could do that as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so we met Dave at Podcast Movement back in August 2019, and you said, oh, tell me about your show. And I said, oh, I, The Brave Files, I interview people who step out of fear and into bravery. And you said, the only thing I've ever done that's brave is get in a hot air balloon, and I'm terrified of heights. Yeah, that was uh, one. It was funny. I uh, I work for a company called Libsyn, which is a podcast media hosting company, and one of the developers works on a balloon team. And he just said, hey, do you know how close are you to, in this case, Hudson, Ohio? And I'm like, uh, I don't know, 10 minutes. And he goes, <laughs> you want to come work on the team? And I'm like, like, what? And he goes, well, you'll help hold down the balloon and tie things down. And I'm like, ah, OK, this is I was kind of uh, 2019 was kind of a year where I was like, you know what? Let's say yes to more things. Let's just see what happens. Nice. So I, I did. And I said, but I'm not getting up in that thing. And they're like, all right, that's fine. And so I did. And we, you know, did the whole thing and you blow it up and it's you feel like you're at a kiss concert only you're about four <laughs> feet away from this giant thing going, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, and so I see like three year old kids get on this and they're having fun. And then I saw like, I don't know, a 900 year old man get on and I'm like, OK, everybody else is doing this thing. And uh, so at the the very end. It was kind of funny because the the pilot, uh, which actually There's is a pilot, you, there the was a pilot, it's yeah, a hot like, air balloon pilot, yeah, uh, and he <laughs> actually has a pilot's license. Like he flies for I think American or one of those, you know. How about that? Yeah, and uh, he goes last chance, buddy, and I go okay. Well, the way this worked was you kind of had to make sure that there are always three people in the balloon to keep mm. the weight the same. Okay. And so as I stepped on, two people got off, which meant there were only two people in the balloon. Uh-oh. And so as I'm like reaching for my phone to take a picture, so as we would slowly grow up, you know, or glow up, I would uh, I'd have my phone ready and I could take some pictures. Well, we just went right up through. <laughs> so I kind of like grabbed my phone and I looked out and I was like, oh, okay, and we're up here. And the, the funniest part about that is my right hand had like this death grip on this little, you know, cage thing that we're in the basket. And uh, I, I slowly peeked over the side and I was like, okay. And every part of my body, except my right hand kind of, cause I, I turned and I was talking to the, the pilot and I'm looking at the sunset and you know, it was, it was pretty. And I was like, okay, this isn't so bad. And it would occasionally kind of teeter totter. And you're like, okay, as long as you don't like flip over and dump me out of the, the basket, I'm okay here. But my right hand would not like join the rest <laughs> of the program. My right hand is like, nope, I'm just going to have the death grip over here. And, safety uh, measures. Yeah, safety measures. But uh, it was uh, it was fun. And it was one of those things where I uh, later uh, in the week, I told my brother, he goes, well, what have you been up to? I'm like, I went up in a hot air balloon. And the only person that's more afraid of heights uh, than me is my brother. And he's like, you are kidding me. And so, yeah, it was one of those things where now am I ready to like uh, go up in one? Oh, I should we should mention that, too. This was tied to a truck. So you would go up about oh. uh, about 300 feet. So it wasn't like I was flying across the world, but still it was like a really, really, really tall elevator. And, <laughs> you know, you're just kind of like, and like I said, it would occasionally kind of tilt yeah. like left or right. And you're like, oh, if this, if we got like a really big wind, that could be kind of a problem. So H hence the, the death grip. Yeah. And so. <laughs> Yeah. So now am I, would I be ready to like, let's get in one and just let the wind take us. That would be interesting because that is the ultimate 
you have no control. You're like, it's you right. and the wind and you have a little bit of control on how high or low you can go. And that will, from what I understand, get you into different streams that are going across the air or whatever. But I don't know that I'm ready to do that, but uh, getting in the balloon was a, a good first step. It was a good first step. So you were or still are super afraid of heights. Yeah, it's um, I'll, I'll tell a really long story short. Thank you. When I worked in a grocery store, I was working on changing furnace filters. So I'm above the ceiling mm-hmm. and I f- almost fell through it. Oh. I, I, I took a wrong step. My feet went through. So picture your your typical drop ceiling with the kind of foamy, uh, you know, big squares. And my feet went through. And luckily I knew at that point that I was falling. So I'd spread my body out as far as I could to kind of, I don't know, uh, change the 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 field of gravity or whatever. So, and, and eventually just, I still don't quite know how I did this, but I pulled my whole body out and threw it back on top of what was a walk-in freezer. Wow. And, and I, I got up, looked through the hole I just made and saw that I would have landed on a table full of knives. Cause I was right above the meat <laughs> department. And, and so ever since then, I was kind of like, I, when I get on ladders and stuff, I, I, I'm okay, but when I start to get really up there, there's just a part of me, and it's it's one of those things that drives you nuts because, you know, in many cases you're safe. It's not that big a deal. Just, you know, but, you know, your whole body just yeah. contracts, and you're like, yeah, so. It's like my somersault. Yeah. Except that I don't know anybody who's broken their neck doing a somersault, and I think it's pretty fair to be legitimately terrified after almost falling on a table of knives. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think that's okay. So when you were presented with the opportunity to get up in the hot air balloon, you the story you told, it was like, okay, sure, I'll get on. But was it like, what were you thinking? Were you legitimately terrified? Yeah, it was, uh, it was just one of those where I, 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 at this point, we've I've let probably... I don't know, 20 different trips of like, you know, I would basically be there. And as the pilot lets the, uh, you know, he, he's adjusting the heat so that the, the balloon would lower. And when it mm-hmm. gets to a certain level, I would just kind of grab it and pull it to the ground. So I've, okay. I've done that 20, 30 times and I've seen that, okay, nobody's dead yet. We've done this like <laughs> 25 times now and nobody's dead. And so I just knew I'm like, look, this is not going to be comfortable. Uh, but you're not going to die. I'm I'm not really pretty sure you're not going to die at yeah. this point. And it's kind of one of those, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? I don't know. The, the line breaks and we go floating off into the universe. And, you know, and they, they had already showed me how there's all sorts of GPS on the balloon. And yeah. so, so that the, the team could hop in a truck and track it and that whole nine yards. And I yeah. thought, you know, and I just thought, and if that's the worst case scenario, then, you know, it's uh, it'll be fun. And, we'll, you know, it's a new adventure. Good story to tell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I love that because so often on this show, we talk about really big ways of embracing bravery. And that when you said to me, the only brave thing I've ever done is got to get up in a hot air balloon, which we now know is not actually the truth because you used to be terrified to talk to people. And now you're a professional public speaker. So there's that. But I love this idea that, you know, your regular everyday fears, your, you know, your household fears of, of heights or bugs or, you know, whatever it is, is something that you can master. And I'm curious, you, you got up in it. You, you obviously like a little adventure, even though you have this fear of heights. how do you feel afterwards? 
a good. And I was trying to think of a better way to say that, but really it was like, good. It was like, okay, first of all, you get down and there's a party that's like, ah, back to comfort. My feet are on the ground. There's so there's, there's that going on, but I was just proud of the fact that I did something that I, when I walked in there, I was like, there's no way I'm getting in that. Just so you guys know, there's no way. And I'd gone from no way to walking out of the basket going, ah, it wasn't so bad. Yeah. I, I do kind of the same thing with uh i'm i'm trying to lose some weight and i have an exercise bike and it was expensive and there are days that i wake up and i go ugh i do not want to get on that thing just i'm not in the mood for today but every time i do when i get off i'm always like i got to remember how this yeah. feels because i'm proud of myself i'm doing the right thing i'm sweaty let's go get a shower and you know that whole 9 yards so it's kind of the same feeling when i got out of it i was like okay i did something you know, I've just grown as a yeah. human being. And even if it's in a little increment, I've done something that uh, I normally wouldn't do. And, and that I was proud I of. I love that so much because that's the whole point. And what what I tell people is that when we leverage that fear and do the thing that's scary, we start to make when we do it on purpose. Sometimes we've discovered after the fact, oh, I did that thing and it was a little scary and I was brave. But when we know it, we start to put ourselves in situations to choose to embrace the fear. So I think your exercise example is a perfect one. Like you now know I can choose this and I don't want to, and you're not, a, you're not scared of it, but there are a million other things we'd rather do than, than work out. Right. Yeah. Do you feel that that's true? Like once you can recognize that if you embrace that thing that you're a little scared of or a little uncomfortable with, you sort of choose bigger. I think so. It's one of the things uh, I, I bought this bike. It's a Nordic track and you basically it has a big TV in front of it. And you you turn on these exercises where a really thin person screams at you to pedal faster. <laughs> and, and that's basically it. But the one person said, you know, pick a goal that you have to, to grow into. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, I like the sounds yeah. of that. And so it's just one of those things where there are times when I'm I'm pedaling along and my thighs are going, would you please stop? And I'm like, nope, got another seven minutes and six seconds, five seconds, four. I'm just counting them down and I just keep going. And when I get done, I'm like, okay, I didn't think I could do that. But the the person on the screen kept saying, you got this, you do it. And I'm like, so, you know, and I was like, all right, apparently I, I can do more than I, I think I can. Yeah. So, Make a goal slightly bigger than you think you can achieve. Everybody do that whatever you're doing, do that and push yourself. I do have a funny Nordic track story. Side note, my dad in the eighties had a Nordic track. They did not have a TV attached to it. It was like this pulley and lever setup, And it made the greatest coat rack in his living room for like 10 years. <laughs> well, that's it. I used to have a, before I got this bike, I had another bike and it finally just broke. And I think it broke because I put too many clothes <laughs> yeah. and book so, bags and things so like that makes the difference in in using your very expensive equipment to as a, a clothing hanger as a closet versus now I'm going to get on it and I'm going to make a goal slightly harder than I think I can achieve and like what shifts uh for me it was the one day I went into, I think it was like Dick's Sporting Goods or whatever. Right now, I need to lose about 40 pounds. I'm about 225, and I would like to be about 185, okay. something like that. So I, I went into Dick's, and they had a barbell of 40 pounds. And I picked it up, and I went, holy cow. <laughs> and I'm like, you're carrying this around 24-7. Like, no wonder you're tired. And so there was part of that was was that, and just the fact that, Everything I've read 
the older you get, the harder it is to yeah. lose weight. And it's I'm like, so, so right now, right now is the best time to do this. Not, you know, six weeks from now or whatever. And so I just was like, all right, we got to start doing something. And, and um, you know, I said goodbye to McDonald's and ice cream and, you know, that whole nine yards. And I've just been trying to, you know, find time to exercise. And what I've been doing is taking what I love to do, which is podcast and, you know, website mm-hmm. stuff and internet stuff and marketing. And I get to do that when I'm done exercising. Nice. And when I first... When I first said that, I was like, but then I won't have enough time to do all this stuff. Shockingly enough, you know, number one, I'm on the bike for 20 minutes. It's not like I'm doing it for four hours. You know, I get off the bike, I towel off, I walk in and things still get done. And I was like, so that's just one of those lies that you want to tell yourself, oh, you need that time to, you know, do your marketing stuff or whatever. I'm like, it's, you know, a little more focused, maybe a little, the brains maybe a little more alive because you just stimulated it for 20 minutes, you're good for to sure. go. And also then you hyper-focus and you're not sitting around doing your work, feeling bad that you're not taking care of yourself. And and I am not, we, I started this entire conversation by saying, I don't sport. I'm not athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I right. agree with you. I'm 45 and something about turning 40, all of a sudden my body was not accepting the way that I'd eaten my whole life well, and everything is shifting. And I don't like the way it feels either. You, you said about the 40 pounds, I pick up my six-year-old regularly. And and so mm. I was like, oh, I could pick up a 40-pound weight because this kid's like, I don't know, 38 pounds or whatever. Um, but I'm like, well, I can't carry her up the stairs. I can't. There are things yeah. I can't do with her. And I I just, I love that. I, we talk about this all the time, you know, a morning routine or get done the thing you don't want to do first because everything else is a win all day long. Yeah. The the other thing I did is I, I think we do lie to ourselves And so for me, I told myself, I'm like, once a month, I'm going to go to Strickland's Custard and I'm going to get an Oreo cookie cone because that's like my favorite, the texture of it. And so it was, it was that time here it comes. And I went, I got the big giant cone and I ate it. And it dawned on me that afterwards, when I eat a lot of ice cream, I have this whole thing going on. And, and that, and it, it was just super sugary. And I just was like, I need to write this down somewhere (laughs) that this was not as good as like it's the hype was not as good as the actual movie kind of thing it's like you know what i was dreaming of this and it's it's really not that great it's like it's not bad it's i mean it's oreo cookie ice cream it's It's not a bad thing how wrong can you go but it wasn't this utopian and i was like this doesn't feel as good as hopping off the bike going man i just killed myself and burned 300 calories that feels better than the ice cream and i'm like i need to remember yeah i love that it's it does do that to your vocal cords my daughter sings and before her voice lessons she's like i can't have milk i can't have cheese i can't have ice cream because the instructor is like it messes with your vocal cords yeah you're inspired i don't know why i I really don't want to work out it's not even a lie i don't want to at all but i did commit at the beginning of 2020 i'm not a um a New Year's resolution kind of person, but I did commit to letting go of the story that I hate to work out and instead mm. saying, I want to take care of my body. I like that. Yeah, thanks. And so you have me thinking like we have a little, you know, local community center gym two blocks away. I'm like, could I, would it be worth the $40 a month if I could get my ass there 20 minutes a day if that's all I committed to? And I, and I, I may try that. There you go. That feels brave to me, y'all. I'm just saying, like, I'm with Dave. I can get up and speak in front of a stage, but that feels brave to me. 
Well, my favorite thing is with gyms, people go, oh, I don't want to go there because everybody's going to be looking at me and I'm going to no, be sitting there care. in my sweatpants and my big butt. And I'm like going, have you been <laughs> anywhere in public lately? Like nobody's looking at you. They're looking at their phone. And if you go into any gym, everybody's, you know, picking their playlist and, you know, like, so that's, but that again, that's one of those little lies that we want to tell ourselves. Oh, everybody's going to be staring at me. No, no, no they're, they're paying not. attention to themselves. Um, yeah. And that's almost always the case with, with anything. I, I think if we can let go of the story that anybody else's actions are about us, because really they're not <laughs> ever. <laughs> so you sound like the kind of guy to me who pushes himself into an uncomfortable space pretty consistently. No, no, that's actually, like I said, 29, because it dawned on me that with podcasting, I like to work life stories into like if I need to explain something, a, a quick example is I said, look, when you start a podcast, you need the passion of a 16 year old trying to get their license. Yeah. Because at the time I had a 16 year old <laughs> trying to get their <laughs> yeah. license. And I said, you know what? You're not going to have any more life stories if you if your life consists of sitting in a second bedroom talking into a microphone all the time. And I was like, I just got to start saying yes to yeah. stuff. So. Uh, I mean, last year I, at PodFest, I ended up going to a dungeon and we'll just oh. leave it at that. You oh, can, uh, hey. uh, yeah, just cause, <laughs> and I just said, I'm going in the name of science. That's it. Um, I did that. I, I did the hot air balloon. I went to my second ex-wife's wedding. That was an interesting, That's brave. uh, my second yeah, ex-wife, that was, how many ex-wives do you have? Just, uh, just two. Yeah. After that, I was like, you know what? This marriage thing is maybe not my strong suit. And so I just did a bunch of things that I was like, oh, I actually, before she got engaged, my ex-wife number two, who obviously I'm, I'm still friends with. And she said, hey, I was going to go to this thing. And she had just broken up with her boyfriend. She goes, I'm going to feel really weird. She's like, this is not a date. This is like, no. She goes, but it would be cool if I had somebody on my arm. And I was like, where's it at? And she's like, it's at the swanky part of the House of Blues. And I'm like, Let's I've never go. been there. Yeah, We're in. The foundation so room. I, so I used I, to work there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I went like bar hopping with my ex-wife. And I was like, that's. And what was interesting is then there was a guy like hitting on her. And I was like, oh, this is a phrase you don't normally say. Uh, I, I don't want to C block my, my, uh. <laughs> My ex-wife here. I'm like, so <laughs> that's kind of different. So it was just a different situation. So I'm trying. The, the one I can't get up the nerve is I'm single, hence ex-wife number two. And they have all these, you know, fabulous and 50 kind of groups or, you know, fun. And, and I'm like, nah. you know, I went to one and it was just like it seemed a lot like high school. Oh, I'm And I sure. just was like, I just went, eh, man, you know, I'm not it's not really a. uh uh, it's not, I always tell people not a high priority. If it happens, if I yeah. meet somebody, it's fine. In the meantime, I'm having a blast doing what I want to so do. So are you taking this yes attitude? Did you take it into 2020 with you? Yeah, a little bit. I'm just keeping an eye open for, you know, anytime somebody says, Hey, we're going to go here. Do you want to go? Yeah. And we're in the past. I'd be like, eh, yeah, well, maybe. And now I'm like, eh, yeah. why not? So like this, like this past weekend, I went into like Amish country with my brother to pick up a table where Norm would be like, no, nah, I'm good. You know, and there nothing really, you know, great popped out of that. It wasn't like I was afraid to go to Amish country. <laughs> Didn't want to get run over by a horse and carriage or anything. <laughs> That's right. But just things like that, again, just getting out of the house and, and being with people and things like that. I, I think I just yeah. need to do. I love that. that a lot. Um, one of my favorite books and it, it's clearly written and geared towards women, but 
um, I encourage men to read it also is Shonda Rhimes' Year of Yes, where she was basically called out by her sister who said, you never say yes to anything. Your answer is always no. Like you wanted to say no to sitting in Barack Obama's box at the Kennedy Center Awards. Like who says no to that? <laughs> and she decided to have a year of yes. And it's a great book. I can't recommend it enough. She talks about how we're always saying yes to something. If you if you say no to going with your brother to Amish country, you're saying yes to sitting on your ass at home. Exactly. Right? So you're always saying yes to something. You're always saying no to something. The question is, what are you prioritizing? Right. Or as as some people say, in the the unfortunately now late words of Neil Peart, the drummer of Rush, I'm going to uh, totally geek out on music it. here. But if you've never heard never heard the, the saying, if you choose not to decide, you still have made yes. a choice. And I was I was like, yeah, that's true. So those times I'm like, ah. I'm going to do that later. I'm like, well, that's actually a decision. You just, like you said, I'd have decided to put my butt back on the couch. Yeah, that's so good. It is really true, but I just don't think we often stop to think about it. A, a non-decision is a decision. We're always making a decision. So take that with you, folks. Think about that as you yeah. move through your day. I love it. So as you're saying yes to more things and having more experiences, which I can only assume, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, feels good to feel good. It does. Yeah. And, and it's the other thing for me at least, is I still, and this is what people don't get, there is still the shy kid in me. Yeah. I, I fight that every day. And so I just, like, when I'm on the bike and I get off the bike, it's also like, okay, I did this. Um, one of my mantras that I kind of say to myself is, I do hard things. Yes. Uh, because I have in the past. If you think about it, we've all got, we could sit around for hours and go, well, there was a time when this happened and that happened and and I'm still here and I'm still standing. Yeah. So there are times when I'm like, look, I do hard things. This is this is not going to be as hard as I think it is, but I can do hard things and I will do that. So, And so my thing is I want to ride the bike so I can lose some weight, hoping that the byproduct of that might also be a little more confidence. And then maybe I'll go into the fun and 50 <laughs> single group and, yeah. and, and go that route. Yeah. So. Domino effect. I, yeah. I dig it. So when you say yes to these things, when you get on the the Nordic track, when you mm. do all of these things, those to me are little wins. They're little successes. Uh, what are the different ways you like to celebrate success? Usually it, it sounds weird, but just like buying something that I probably don't need, but I want like buying a want. <laughs> You know, so yeah. for me, that might be a new microphone when I've got like 50 around the house that I could use. I'm like, yeah, but this one's, you know, got a green stripe and the other one's got a red stripe <laughs> or whatever it is. You know, podcasts that, are geeky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, that'll be that uh, is probably when I think of, of celebrating. And I, I think the one thing as we kind of talk about this, I need to spend more time kind of acknowledging because when I. I when, when I think about that phrase, how do you celebrate success? There's a part of me that goes, do I celebrate success? Yeah, I hear and, that a lot. Yeah, and it's like, huh. And I'm like, maybe I need to do that more because we just kind of breeze over them. Over them. And we don't realize what we just did. And if we yep. did, then again, we might have a little more self-confidence to try something else that's not really in our wheelhouse. A hundred percent. And I would challenge you to rethink there, I heard you say some things that you do to celebrate your successes. So, um, oh, good. whether Fill or not, yeah, whether or not you choose to continue doing it, the, if I stay on this new health plan for a month, I'm going to let myself have this Oreo cookie ice cream treat. That's a celebration. Yes. Uh, it's an honor of the thing you've done. Uh, I'm going to go get on this Nordic track for 20 minutes and then I'm going to do 
the podcasting, which I love, even though it's also your job, you dig it, right? So you've set yourself up for tiny successes and we often don't even realize, but when we know it, we're like, oh, that feels good. Yes. Hell yes. That's my win for the day. I'm excited to go and do this thing. And so the gift is in acknowledging that you've done this hard thing or this challenging thing, and now you're reaping your reward. And so to say to yourself, as you move into podcasting or whatever it is, whether it's a little thing or a big thing, hell yeah, I did that thing. And now I'm going to do this other thing and celebrate it. I like that idea. Thanks. That's uh, the other thing I've done in 2020. My problem every year, do you, do you have like a word of the year? I do. do. Yeah. which, Which is what? My word this year is trust. My, my word this year, and oddly enough, it was also the word of 2019 and 2018. <laughs> uh oh. It's focus because I'm kind of a creative guy. And the uh-huh. minute I see something like, ooh, that could be fun. Ooh, what, what would happen if I did? And then off we go. And all of a sudden you look up and you're like, wow, I have 17 number one priorities and mm. none of those are getting done. So I actually, uh, there's a great uh, to do list item called To Doist. And I've been, I've used it used it, he said in quotation marks for years. (laughs) Um, Now that's like the thing I do in the morning. I wake up and I'm like, what is on the schedule for today? Like, what, what are we going to focus on? What's that? I've yet to read it, but I guess there's a book called the one thing. Yes. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out like, okay, what is the one thing that at the end of the day, again, I can kind of celebrate and go, all right, cool. I mailed my check for my license plates or whatever it is. And so it's just getting a little focused and that requires a little slowing down, which kind of is another thing. I like to just go, 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 go. Uh, But I'm like, yeah, but if you slow down, you know, you'll, you'll be a little more focused. You won't have to take the same route two times because you blew it the first time. (laughs) Sure. I mean, that's one of the things that stopping to acknowledge success and sort of celebrate it whether it's in a really small way or a big one, is it does slow you down, which is a good thing, not a bad thing. Uh, One of the trips, I'll give you a little tip trick that I, because I I am a success and leadership coach and I I help people focus a little more. One of the tools that works really well for me is an app, plus it's a web-based thing called Commit to Three. Hmm. Y'all ought to check it out. So I actually, you can do it by yourself, but you can also do it with a team of, of people. So I have four other accountability partners and you go in every day and you pick three things that come hell or high water. You're committing to these three things and they really do push you. Cause when I go, Oh man, I just don't want to do anymore. I'm like, but, but those four are watching and they will call my ass out. So we'll be like, Hey, what's up? You didn't finish your commits today. What kind of support do you need? How do we help you get this done? And it's incredible. Hmm. That, that is a great resource. It costs like $3 a year. Wow. Okay. I'm in. Yeah, totally worth it. And then the other thing is uh, you've got the one thing in the day, which I think is really important. I'm working with one more thing. So Mm. at the end of my day, if I could say, what's one more thing I can do that will push me closer to a goal? And it's usually not a big thing because it's the end of the day. I'm not going to jump into a project that's going to take hours, but make one more phone call, send one more email, research one more thing, take, you know, five minutes push myself every day to do one more thing before I close up shop for the day. The the other thing I've done this year that I just, you kind of at times have to go, well, this is who you are and this is how we're going to work this now is like, it's weird. I have, I take uh, blood pressure medicine and I, I should take vitamins. And it's one of those things where you get the text from the uh, drugstore that says, hey, it's time to fill your prescription. You're like, that's weird. I still have like a half a bottle and it dawns on you. It's because you're not taking your medicine. That's a problem. 
And so this, these are just things that I've gone through. Like I now have a ritual as I'm brushing my teeth. Yep. I grab my vitamins because I'm always going to brush my teeth. I grab my vitamins and I grab my uh, blood pressure medicine and I put them on my keyboard. So the morning when I get into my desk, I'm like, oh, I guess I'll have to take these now. Yep. And, and it's one of those things where there's a part of me that wants to argue with myself and go, you shouldn't have to do that. It's not like oh, you're an idiot. That. Yeah, and, no, no. And I was just like, well, let's let's see. Uh, since I've started doing that, oh, yeah, I do this now. And I'm like, so let's not uh, argue yeah. too much about it. And just do what works. They talk about that um, in The Power of Habit. Have you read The Power of Habit? I have. Uh, habit stacking. Yeah. I think is what they call that. Uh, well, and it's just that cue risk reward thing. Yeah. Whatever you got to do, you shake it up. Right? You change something in in that circle and it helps you create a new habit. So knowing that you're going to put your stuff on your keyboard, that doesn't make you stupid. It makes you smart. That's it. See? I like that. I like it too. Uh, this has been so much fun. I have a feeling we could just bullshit and talk about <laughs> things all day long, folks. But, yes. um, you know, we're trying to keep this to a reasonable length podcast episode. So I get to ask you um, one of my favorite questions, which is what is your favorite charitable organization to support? I have two. And it goes back to my parents, uh, the American Diabetes Association, because my mom was a diabetic. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, she was so amazing that she had diabetes when she was 18. And that's like real diabetes, like shoot yeah. yourself in the butt. Kind yeah, of, yeah, uh, type one. Yeah. I have some friends whose kids have type one diabetes. Yeah. yeah. And she lived to be 59 and in the hospital because she had a heart attack. Um, they were like, wait a minute, you can still see and you can still walk. There was like, she was like this, like, wow, look at this amazing thing. So, uh, and just the fact that we're all getting heavier, I'm like American Diabetes Association. Then my dad had Alzheimer's. Mm. So um, anytime I'm doing anything charitable, I will kind of go back and forth. And there are tons I would love to contribute to, but those are the two I usually uh, throw awesome. my money at. Well, thank you for sharing that. We actually did an interview. Um, I think it's called Can't Keep Me Down. It was one of the first interviews I ever did with a woman who got diagnosed with type one diabetes when she was a child, I think eight. And she did go, she did go blind. Mm. Um, so your mom was super lucky, but I'm sorry that you lost your parents and sounds like they were too damn young to go. So thank you for sharing that with us. We will make them our charities of the week. We will give them love on, on social media and we will ask our listeners to do the same, whatever you have to give to support, whether it's time, money, likes, shares, do that. Um, because, when we come together as a community, we're stronger and we lift each other up. And this is this is how we grow, folks. So, Dave, will you share your three words with us one last time? Creative, helpful and geeky. No, I think they're really fun. And you kind of touched base on those um, right before we started recording. You told me why you picked those three words. Will you share it with our listeners? Sure. When when I discovered podcasting, I was like, wait a minute, there's no rules. There's no FCC. So I can do pretty much whatever I want. So I can be as creative as I want. I get to help people, not only people that are in front of me, but people across the world. And I was like, oh, that's sign me up for that. And then it's kind of geeky. You get to play with websites and code <laughs> and things like that. And I was like, wow, this scratch is like every itch I have. So that's why creative, helpful and geeky are my three words. I love it. And and I'm with you on creative and helpful. The geeky, though, not my jam. I outsource that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love delegation. This has been so much fun, Dave. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us. Oh, thanks for having me. This was great. It was so much fun. So y'all listening out there, you know, facing your everyday fears is actually possible 
And it's really powerful and impactful. Once we realize there's actually nothing standing in our way, the world becomes full of possibilities. So I want to know what fear are you inspired to step into after hearing Dave's story? Give us a call at 312-646-0205 and share it with us. And I also invite you to check out our Patreon page and consider supporting us by becoming a member of our Brave Movement. I count on your support. Uh, 100% to continue to grow and put out this awesome content. So visit us at patreon.com slash brave files, find a level that works for you and join us. Thank you so much for being here with us today. This is Heather Vickery reminding you today and always to go out and choose bravely. Hey friends, I want to share something really exciting with you. We already know you enjoy listening to podcasts because you're listening to this one, but I'm also betting you enjoy audiobooks. And hey, listen, if you don't already enjoy audiobooks, then it's time to check them out. That's why I'm really excited to share Libro.fm with you. They are an incredible new platform for listening to audiobooks. And by choosing Libro.fm over other audiobook services, you are supporting a local bookstore of your choice and investing in your local community. Libro.fm offers over 150,000 audiobooks via their primary platform, which, by the way, they built with love and from scratch because they're a small business also. They even offer bookseller recommendations for great audiobook options. You can sign up right now via www.vickeryandco.com slash Libro.fm. That's vickeryandco.com slash L-I-B-R-O-F-M. And when you do, you'll get one free audiobook of your choice, and the proceeds will go to your favorite local bookstore. Now, check what I just said there. You're going to get a free book, and the proceeds are still going to go to your local bookstore because Libro.fm makes sure that their booksellers get paid even when they give a promo to customers. I've listened to over 20 audiobooks this year alone. I especially love listening to memoirs read by the author, and it feels great knowing that all of my purchases support my local bookstore, The Book Table, in Oak Park, Illinois. Libro.fm. The same audiobooks, the same price, but a completely different story. Check them out right now at vickeryandco.com slash Libro.fm. You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. To learn more about the show, find our show notes, or get some great bonus content, visit thebravefilespodcast.com. And we'd love to know what you think. You can give us a call at 312-646-0205. Let us know your thoughts on the episode, the show in general, or maybe share with us how you're out choosing bravely. This episode is brought to you by Vickery & Co. Success Coaching, coaching that helps you maintain a life well-lived and a business well-run. Learn more at vickeryandco.com. Our music is produced by Matt Lewis. Follow him on Instagram at mattmmusic or visit his website, theunionband.com. We couldn't do any of this without our extraordinary audio engineer, Andrew Olson. Learn more about him and check out his work at findandrewolson.com. And special thanks to our associate producer, Kim Statler. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week.